dude, you will like be in the middle of a sentence and go, and then like you just got, and then you just, and I'm like, how am I supposed to edit this? It's so hard. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. (laughs) All right, class, it's time to get your calendars out. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) When do you ever take your calendars out in class? I'm going to just stop talking now. I should open the chests from now on as Golem. No, do not do that. 1600 gold. Stop it. You're frozen. You're frozen. No, you're frozen. Joe, stop it. You're frozen. I wish you would freeze again. Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the skeleton barrel, challenges, and more. Dude, the big five. Oh, let's go, baby. We're here. We made it. It feels fantastic. Uh, I think it feels fantastic. Are you, do you feel like you're having a midlife crisis? I think it goes without saying. The feeling is real, but, but, I don't know if I really believe it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I feel like it was just yesterday that we ba- like we barely started. We didn't even know what podcasting was. We had no equipment. We just had Apple headphones, computers, and and passion for the game. And <laughs> you know, fifty episodes later, I guess it's been like what a year and a half, over a year and a half that we've been doing this now. So it's just it's incredible to think about. I know, dude. I feel like you just said like just yesterday. I was looking at our show notes and the ticker up at the top where it says episode zero five zero. It just said episode zero 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 like it's wild where we are right now and i'm so excited for the next 50 i know i i couldn't agree more and i think you know the thing about this this journey that's just been so incredible has just been the community that that has just kind of been built around us you know we started this whole thing with a vision of you know two casual bros that love a game that want to start a podcast about it and create a discord and two clans and kind of see what happened (laughs) yeah and you know to be honest we've been humbled by the the amount of people that commute to work or commute to school or you know just pop in a couple of headphones and listen to the shenanigans that we talk about every other week so (laughs) you know we've enjoyed every minute of it and we couldn't be more thankful and humbled by by the way it's turned out so you know to the next 50 we look forward to it I could not have said that any better myself. Um, But before we move on to the next 50, let's get on with this one. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. If there was ever an episode to be ready for, this is it. The Big 5-0. So, how was your week in the arena? Week's been decent. I, I think the word is decent. So... Right now, I'm sitting at 4,700 trophies. I'm still using the Mortar Mauler, and 4,700 trophies is, is not bad, and it, it's really good, but especially for me, it's like, you know, I'm a couple of hundred trophies away from, like, my all-time high, but I don't know, man. I just feel like for the past week that I've been playing, it has just been such a struggle. I think last episode, we might have mentioned that, you know, 
normally right after a season reset, we're able to, you know, kind of climb up the ladder relatively quickly, you know, and get to like our all time high per se. But ever since the season reset, dude, I have just been struggling. It's like I go on like a 10 game losing streak and then a 10 or 20 game lose slash draw streak where I'm not making any progress. I'm either losing or I'm drawing. And it's just so incredibly frustrating. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I wind up being at 4,700 trophies, which is a positive note. But I think that that's just because I just keep on playing and try and grind out of that death spiral. And now I'm, I'm out of the death spiral, but it's just so exhausting. I totally feel that. Uh, and you're out of the death spiral for now. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so well, much for all the I'm wonderful not... support that you give to me on a week-by-week basis in the arena. <laughs> if anything, I give you support bi-weekly. I definitely don't support you every week. But what I was trying to convey was that, not that you're a bad player or anything like that, it's just that eventually, like we always say, especially to people in the Discord, uh, the death spiral happens to the best of us. And you're almost at the best of you right now. So <laughs> I'm just saying, if so facto, eventually you're going to get there. Yeah, no, I get it. As much as I understand what you're saying now, you still gave me a swift roundhouse kick to the face with that other comment. But we move on. I digress. My arrows, dude, I think I mentioned last time that my arrows were about halfway to maxed out. I am just a mere 500 arrows away from getting those bad boys to level 13, and I cannot Ooh, wait. That's going to be some serious damage right there. Yeah, man, a lot of people don't think that, you know, the damage increases for spells is really all that much, but if you think about it, one level of an increase isn't really going to make that much of a difference in terms of what the arrows kill, right? But what it will do is likely add about 13 more tower damage per hit every time I use my arrows, which over the course of a match could be an extra 30 or 40 damage if you're using the arrows on a tower. So that, you know, the immediate impact is probably very small, but if, if you play the arrows the way I try to play them, where you attack the towers as well as troops, it could really make a big difference in a match. It really can, especially when you're facing things like uh, regular barbarians. I know, I know you don't typically use it for stuff like that, but when you have a really high-level spell and you just expensed your, uh, your log, that's really the only thing that you can use. I mean, I don't think that you would use a, ro- a rocket, if we're still speaking Mortar Mauler over here, I don't think you would use a rocket on just barbarians unless it was loaded with other things like a hog rider and such. But uh, I'm telling you, man, your level 13 arrows are going to do some serious damage. Boom, dude. So I cannot wait. Other small things for me is that I am currently level 12 with my King Tower, and I am 30,000 experience away from a level 13 King Tower. So this grind has felt very long, but I am more than halfway there at this point. So I am just looking forward to maxing out the King Tower at some point, hopefully over the next month or so. All right, all right. Uh, Did you get the skeleton barrel? I did, but like I said, I think two weeks ago, right, last episode, I did not get it from the spooky challenge because I did horrible in that challenge, but I did unlock it the very first day that the card was released. I unlocked it in a silver chest. So I was upset when I didn't do well in the spooky Halloween challenge, but I was really happy when I got the card out of the first silver chest that I opened up. How about you? Uh, I did get it and I don't remember what chest I got it from. It was, it was probably one of my, uh, uh, crown chests, but 
I will tell you that when I got one, and I don't know if this is normal, I never really paid attention to it because I guess just this time it made me laugh. I unlocked it and it gave me one. One? One. And other people I know in my clan have said the same thing, that they unlocked the card and the game gave them one of the card. Yeah, that's like so anticlimactic, right? I mean, it's nice that you unlock it, but it's like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel good about it? Like, I unlocked it? Or is it like, wow, really? One? I <laughs> mean... It's both of those two things, one after the other, actually, in that order. I was like, yes, I got it. And then I'm like, really? You gave me one of a common? You gave me one common card? Yeah, that's, that's pretty discouraging. But I guess on the flip side, you can request 40 of those at a time, so you can wind up climbing those up pretty quickly. But still, one? Come on. Come on. Yep, exactly. That My thoughts exactly. Um, I got another princess from some random chest. Don't know what. Uh, so now I have two out of four for level three. Boom. Boom. Um, I have 4,000 more gold to go before I have a level 13 knight, which I can't... No, whoa, whoa, whoa. A level 13 knight witch or a level 13 knight which you cannot wait for? Ah, level 13 knight. Pause, 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 which I cannot wait for. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wait, 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 wait. This is the best. As if that's, that's not close enough. Are you ready? I am currently sitting at 84 experience away from level 12. Like your king tower? Like my king tower. And I've just been waiting for people to request cards so I can donate. And they have been doing that, but not as frequently as clearly I needed it. And, you know, some people would be like, Rob, just upgrade a card. And I'm like, well, guys, like I did. I brought all my cards up from like level one to level three, four, maybe even five. But I'm trying to save gold for my level 13 night. So I can't, you know, I got to balance it a little bit. Dude, you got to get those donations up, man. I don't know, you're, you're slacking. If you, can't, if you can't spend the gold on the upgrades, you got to donate more, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I I could only donate as much as the ones that come through. Mm, I don't know. I think you have to. Here's what I my recommendation. You ready for my recommendation? You know what? Don't even answer me. I'm gonna give you the Joey Deluxe. Okay. Here's the Joey <laughs> Deluxe. Give me a new segment on the show, the Joey Deluxe. What you need to do is, if people in your clan are not donating, you need to get them to donate. And how you do that is, you find out where they live, tell them to open up their phones, and request. Hog riders, hog rider. That way, you, my friend, can actually get 84 more experience. Or you can figure out a way to donate multiple cards at once and like hack Supercell or something like that. But I doubt that that's going to work. So, first option is probably the most feasible. Just saying. Boom. Joey Deluxe, boom. I am totally speechless, but if, if there was a thought that went through my head, was that could work. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so th- I mean, that's pretty much it for my week in the arena. Um, do we have any news to talk about? I feel like it was kind of a slow two weeks in this game. Yeah, so it's been pretty slow, right? Like there hasn't been too much news going on, but what there has been is the CCGS finals. Now, if you remember, CCGS was the thing that we talked about in the spring. And then they finished that, and then there was the fall, and they just finished that, and the fall finals took place, and in North America, Music Master was the champ. In Europe, it was Lupangi, and in Latin America, Adrian Piedra 
all were the finalists and they won their respective regions. Something else that was really cool that happened over the past two weeks is that Colton Wall, our buddy Colton, defeated Oxalate, who is also our buddy, so it was sad to see him lose in an invitational. And he will be going to London along with those other folks that I just mentioned for the December 3rd Arena Finals. The CCGS 2017 World Finals are occurring December 3rd in London. And those four folks that I just mentioned, plus a few others, will be there. Supercell released the formats, the times, the dates, etc. that it's all going to go down. And I got to say, it's going to be such an amazing thing to watch. I mean, as a casual player, it's really cool to see really professional players play because that's how kind of, you know, we live vicariously through them, right? Like we learn by watching better people play. Yep. And, you know, these, these most recent fall finals have just been a tremendous pleasure to watch on Twitch or on YouTube after the fact. And I cannot wait to see what decks people use, you know, how well they play them. Because to be honest with you, if someone brings out a crazy deck and it works, these are the types of things, dude, that change metas because other people see the decks and they play them and they try and master them and then it just becomes a domino effect, right? Because once a new deck comes out, it's like, how do you counter it, etc. So I'm rambling on a bit, but it's just because I'm so excited and I cannot wait for these finals to occur. So December 3rd is going to be here before we know it. And I cannot wait. Bada bada. Boom. Boom. No, dude, I totally agree. I cannot wait to watch. Um, and I, I definitely think that you're right where it is a huge meta changer. Um, also, keep in mind, there are a couple of cards that are pretty fresh out the oven. So it's going to be very interesting, especially with the, uh, the skeleton barrel probably going to be used. I would be very shocked if it's not used. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, even if even if it's not, I mean, we'll get to it soon, right? Because we're going to cover the, the card, what we think of it, etc. But let's just pretend that we're not. Even if the card isn't that good, or it's not overpowered, or it's not anything, at, at the end of the day, it's at least a surprise. And in Clash Royale, if someone's not prepared for a specific type of card, and it catches them off guard or by surprise... That could be a game changer. And so we'll see who decides to whip it out, if they're going to, if they're not going to. But I mean, I'm sure that in the players' minds, it's going to be in the back of their heads trying to, you know, figure out what decks to bring and, you know, what answers to have if they need it. Yeah, it's also going to be, um, it's also going to be awesome. I feel like these types of events really show you how to use the new cards, uh, either offensively or defensively, how to counter them, um, things like that. So I feel like that's where we're really going to see when the professionals use that card so that's mainly what i'm excited for yeah no i i agree so like i pointed out deck use you pointed out card use offense and defense i cannot wait i can't stress it enough super excited but it's gonna be here before we know it so just keep your eyes peeled out for any updates that come out for supercell or clash royale on it and be sure to check out twitch or youtube for either the live shows or the the games that are posted up after the fact so you can make sure even if you don't watch them live it's still good to catch them right because you can learn from them and who doesn't want to learn and get better at the game so um you know just uh just something to keep your eyes open for folks eyes are peeled that's for sure um so we got another gold rush which was a lot of fun i definitely made a little bit more progress this time around um but there were no special boosters which was kind of a bummer i mean i didn't really buy them the first time anyway but I thought that that was a cool way to do it, uh, especially when there's an event going on. Maybe they want to kind of like 
spread those two things out, like that they don't really necessarily belong together. Yeah, I was a little bit taken aback by it as well, right? Like the gold rush itself to me symbolized not only gold rush, but also boosters, right? Like certain types of boosters. And, you know, to me, it just didn't make sense because it seems like Supercell would want people to spend gems. So maybe they don't want people to spend 300 at a clip too often. But then if they want them to spend the gems, then make them less gems, like we talked about on our episode, you know, last week, right? So I guess at the end of the day, if, if, you, if you have the gold rush and can make the offers for those boosters 150 or 200 a pop, then it'll be easier for people to kind of manage. So, you know, it's just cooler. It, to me, it's better to have the option for people to be able to do it as opposed to just, you know, have the gold. I mean, the gold's good, but having additional boosters gets even more people into the ladder, which is where the meta is currently stale, right? Yeah, that that's probably true, but maybe maybe they are going to reintroduce the same or similar boosters if and when they ever do the gem rush event. And maybe that's where they need to do it because if you play a game and you win more gems, then you get more gems to buy those boosters. So maybe that's maybe they were like, "Oops, shouldn't have thrown them out there with the gold rush. Maybe we should have waited until we did the gem rush." Yeah, no, you're right, but I guess my point is like why not just do it for both? It, like, what effort is it if it's if the code is already there and you just have to like take it out or put it back in? Maybe I'm oversimplifying code because I have no clue what it is, right? But I, I don't want to downplay how hard it is for them to do. But like, if they know how to do it already, how complicated is it to just do it for both? I mean, it, you have different boosters or something. I don't know. Right. Well, that that's what makes me think that they're timing them differently. That's all. Because like you said, the code's already there, so it should be fairly simple. Should be. If so, facto, I have no clue what I'm talking about. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. Right. Um, Then we got a wonderful tweet from uh, Clash saying that Touchdown is coming back, baby. Dude, I'm not even going to say anything. Just tell me what you think about this. I'll tell you what I think. I think someone's ears were burning when we were talking about this two weeks ago on the last episode saying that we really want Touchdown to come back, considering that it was, like, the biggest part of the last update. Yeah, man, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I don't know if part of me feels that way or if all of us kind of feel that way, because when the update came out, this was the first new type of challenge or game mode that was released. So because it was, like, the first one and it was released with it, it kind of made us feel like this was the biggest part of it. You know what I mean? But... When it went away and it just seemed like any other kind of like special challenge or, you know, it was just there for the weekend or for the first week, it was really disheartening when it went away and kind of went into the quote unquote friendly battle section of the map. And then that kind of went away and we were like, okay, so I mean, mirror challenges are pretty cool, but <laughs> where's touchdown? You know, like where, where's touchdown? Like Monday night football is cool. Thursday night football is cool, but. I'd rather be able to play football throughout the entire week. You know what I mean? You no, know, I totally get it. Um, I, like I said a while ago, I think that this feature should just be in the game. I'm not 100% sure what the logic is behind removing it. And I get that maybe they want to make it really special. But like, I mean, if you're going to do that, cycle it out, but cycle it back in often enough where it feels like it's still fresh and exciting. I don't know. I guess when it just boils down to it, I just want this game mode all the time. Boom. So 
hands down, super excited for this to come out. I don't think they mentioned when it was coming out. I guess by the time this episode releases, it might have already come out this weekend. We will see, but whenever it happens, we will all be thoroughly enjoying playing this mode. Boom. So, let's talk about the Skeleton Barrel. All right, man. You want to give people a rundown on on the stats? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, it's a three-cost card. It's a common, and it is a troop. Um, and it, its text says, It's a skeleton party in the sky until all the balloons pop. Then it's a skeleton party on the ground. Oh! Love it. Love that write-up. Uh, so, at tournament caps, this thing has 636 hit points, um, and it only targets buildings so it has the three balloons on the top right and as it gets attacked it loses one of those balloons and once it gets to zero balloons eight skeletons drop from this barrel now what i find really interesting is that when the skeletons hit the ground they're in a perfect circle yeah man but that's because it's a party you know what i mean like you can't have a dance party not in a circle like, it can't be in, like, an X or a box or something. That would just be weird. So it's got to be in a circle. Like, you know, you just create circles when you dance. I guess. I just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of felt like they're exploding out. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm making up a wrong explanation in my head, and maybe the explosion is supposed to split them up like that. I guess I just expected them to be a little bit more random. But, hey, what can you do? You don't create the game, and neither do I. Yeah, no, I think... I think the dance party thing really makes sense. <laughs> as as I like it. silly as it sounds, like it, it, it's either that or right or the fact that it, it has to be able to surround whatever it falls onto. So, for example, if it falls onto a tower, it has to be able to surround it. So, falling in a circle naturally makes sense, aside from them dancing and having a party in the barrel itself, right? Like if it came down in an X or randomly, then technically it it would they wouldn't fall right. So you'd have, I guess, more skeletons on one side than the other. That seems weird to me. So I, I do like the the natural circle effect aside from the dance party thing. The circle of life. The circle of life. What what, what explanation would you like better? The circle of life explanation or the dance party? I personally like the dance party better. I mean, I really enjoyed the dance party, and it, it came from you, so that was good. Boom. But overall, what are your thoughts on the card? So I think I have mixed feelings about this card. So I've, I've used it. I've played against it. And I think it's the kind of card that really can have tremendous impact on the map. To me, this card reminds me a lot of a goblin barrel, right? But it just has a slightly different effect. It doesn't travel to the tower as fast. It drops off a lot more skeletons than it does you know, than the goblin barrel would. All of the skeletons die to a zap, which doesn't happen with the goblin barrel, right? Is the zap's radius really that big? Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, if you think about it, the zap would... If you zapped your tower when a goblin barrel is thrown onto it, you would be able to zap the three um, goblins that surround it. Similarly, you'd be able to zap the, you know, nine skeletons that fall out of the sky right yeah that makes sense so it should be enough to zap the you know eight or whatever skeletons that fall from the sky dancing or whatever so you know i I think ultimately it's good because it's interesting because it is a flying unit so unlike the skeleton unlike the goblin barrel i'm gonna mix mix those up like way too much but unlike the goblin barrel 
you can attack the skeleton barrel. So theoretically, depending on when you apply damage to the barrel itself, you can choose when you want those skeletons to burst out of the barrel, right? Right. So with the goblin barrel, it's different. Your, your opponent chooses where and when the goblins spawn. If you have air attacking troops or a spell that can kill the barrel, you, in theory, have the ownership of when it actually bursts open and when the skeletons become a problem for you. To me, this card reminds me a lot like the Lava Hound, right? Like the Lava Hound doesn't really pose much threat until it bursts open to Lava Pups. The Skeleton Barrel is one of those cards. It's fine while it's flying. It's really irrelevant. But once you burst it open, if you're not prepared for the skeletons that come out of it, eight skeletons do a lot of damage per second over a course of any amount of seconds if they're not killed. But the tricky part with this card is that, yes, you do have that control, but you only have so much control because it's based on how long it takes for this thing to get to your building. So if this card makes it to your building, even if it still has full health, it explodes and the skeletons come out. Yeah, that's a fair point too, right? So I guess I didn't factor that into what I was saying before. You ultimately decide if it bursts before it gets to your tower. Right. But once it's there, it's there. (laughs) It is there, baby. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, which, you know, I guess adds a complicated element to it because I guess you as the defender may have to choose when you want to let it explode or make it explode before it gets to your tower. Yeah. And like choosing which options better in a split second decision or in a moment, like how do you, how do you factor which one's the right answer? You know? Well, see, that's actually, that's actually a really good point. And that's probably why they made the speed of this thing medium. Because if, when, when it gets thrown out, it, even though it's, it's faster than a slow moving troop, it's still pretty slow, all things considered. So you do as the, uh, defender of this card, you do have enough time to try and figure that out. I think a lot of times, at least for me, and that's probably because I'm using a deck with a building, a prominent building, I use that card to distract it from coming to my tower. Because I feel like once it's somewhere else, I can drop troops closer to my archer tower while the skeletons have already bursted and landed on my mortar, so to speak, right? In other situations, and a lot of other times, I feel like my job is to destroy it as fast as possible. If I can get the thing to explode before it gets to my tower, I feel like I have more control over taking out troops as opposed to having to focus singularly on either the barrel or whatever is guarding the barrel, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I would agree with that. I'd rather use a log or troops to kill troops in front of my tower than behind my tower or on my tower. Um, right. Once troops are on your tower, they're a lot harder to kill in tandem while killing other troops that are on the map because you have to prioritize the troops on your tower, right? So, you know, you can't group troops together. Everything's all split up. So I, I think I would agree with you. I think I would, I would try and pop this thing before it gets to my tower, you know, and, and try and combo those troops with other troops that are already in front of my tower. So uh, totally agree with everything you just said there. 
Thanks. Um, so that's defense. What about offense? So you said that this card you compared slightly to a goblin barrel, right? But we know it's different, and you can feel the difference in the speed at which you're throwing those two cards out. Do you feel like it's the type of card that gets played? Now, granted, it's a fairly fresh card, so a lot of people are still figuring out its ins and outs. But do you feel like it's a type of card that should be played like a Goblin Barrel? Because you do want it to explode at the tower, right? So you kind of need it. I don't know. For me, I feel like you kind of need a little bit more protected with a bunch of other things. I, I feel like it's, you know the saying, adding insult to injury? Yep. I feel like that's what the, the Skeleton Barrel is supposed to do. Yeah, no, I, and I, I, that's a really good analogy, actually. I, I, I agree with you. I think on its own, it's literally terrible. Um, but I think, like you said, if you develop any sort of push or any sort of advantage, really any sort of anything, where your opponent is just on their back foot, throwing this card down at an opportune moment when they can't, when, when you see that your opponent cannot choose or effectively you know, explode your your skeleton barrel before it gets to the target of the tower, that's when you want to throw it down on the offensive side. Um, you want to give them no option and just kind of let them have to deal with it on the tower. Cause if they have to deal with it on the tower again, then they're not prioritizing the other damage dealing troops that you have coming down the pipeline, you know? No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, so overall, do you like this card? Do you not like this card? I think right now I don't like using the card because it's such a unique kind of fact pattern that I don't know how to effectively use it well. And so I can't consistently use it well. So it kind of has, for me, it like works sometimes, but it doesn't work other times. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I need to get better with this element. Right. I like playing against it because so far I've been able to choose correctly when to explode this this barrel you know but at the end of the day i think that that's because people just aren't using it as well as they could use it um they're kind of just using the barrel just to use the barrel as opposed to effectively using the barrel and i think once people really start you know synergizing its abilities with other really good cards like hog rider skeleton barrel or you know giant skeleton barrel lava hound skeleton barrel i think all of those combinations are going to be extremely difficult to deal with. So I'm not looking forward to that, but um, I think right now the cost makes sense. Three costs make sense. I love the fact that this is a completely different and unique feature in any card that we have, right? Whether you kill it or not, it has some sort of effect on the game. Like, you know, it's a barrel, and whether you kill it or not, it just explodes and skeletons drop out. And, you know, the only other card in the game that really does that is the tombstone. Once it runs out of time, skeletons pop out. So it's a lot like that, only, you know, different because it's flying, moving, and, you know, there's a dance party. So <laughs> right, pretty cool. They're having fun while it's happening. The other thing that I thought about before we move on, um, at tourney caps, this thing has very, very similar health to a tourney capped Mega Minion. And what do you use to take out a Mega Minion typically? Or what can you use, I should say? Um, so I'd go with one of two options. If you're talking about a spell, I'd go with a Fireball. If you're talking about a troop in the current meta, I typically see like, you know, Princess, Bats, 
Ice Golem to distract or an Ice Spirit. So one of those four cards. But real quick, just to clarify, I mean, the, the Ice Golem is not going to distract the Skeleton Barrel, right? Because you compared it, you know, for three costs. So I will switch that one out for Archers. So I would say Fireball and Archers would be my two go-tos. And those would probably be the best counters for that card. That, that would be my guess. Um, just seeing it in the arena for a day or two, I would have to agree with you. So just wanted to bring that up. Mega Minion was a fun fact, I thought. Boom. I'm a fan of comparisons. <clears throat> Boom. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Very passionate <laughs> about that. All right. So do we got anything else to say about this dirty card? Nope. Although the only thing I will say is that I am excited to see how it changes up the meta, if at all. Boom. So now let's move on to our meta check. Meta check. <laughs> And as always, this meta check is brought to us by Sir Devin, Lloyd Christmas. So Joe, what has Devin got for us this week? Our boy Lloyd Christmas hit us yet again with the numbers. For the big 5-0 dude, he wanted to do something special for us. So this meta check is going to be a little bit different than anything we've ever done before. Really? Yep. And along with it, he also sent us a wonderful message to accompany the numbers. Ooh, what's the message? So he writes, What's up, Robin Joe? First off, just wanted to say congrats on the big 5-0. Boom. The clan and podcast you guys have put together is something I'm proud to be a part of. For being casual, competitive, as well as family-friendly, it's something everyone can participate in and feel that they're part of something special. As always, awesome job so far, and keep up the great work. And then he says... Now to the numbers. So before we get there, Rob, I think we can both very honestly say that we are one, so appreciative of the kind words that Devin, you just wrote to us, but even more so the fact that every single week, Devin, our boy Lloyd Christmas takes time out of his day to help gather data, facts, and just information to support what we do to the point where we can host a specific segment to talk about something that he prepares for us and for our community. So the thank you is not for us, but Devin, the thank you is to you. You just made my heart melt a little bit, Joe. That was fantastic. Well, look, man, like we do what we do for the community. And this guy, Devin, who's a part of Cast Royale 2, he's, he's a part of the clan that I lead in, in our community. And he really takes the time out of his weeks to assist us in preparing for this segment. And so we are just super, super, super appreciative. And, you know, he wrote those kind words, so I couldn't not respond to them. So, Devin, bada bada, boom. And this wouldn't even be a section without him. So, triple thank you. Couldn't agree more. So, with that, with the big 5-0, what Devin did is he took the top decks from the Cast Royale clan and he compared that to the top decks in the global ladder. Ooh. And with that, here are the numbers. We will see how similar, different, or in between we are. So here we go. Are you ready? Born ready. I'm so excited about this. First up, we're really not that different. <clears throat> Zaps, logs, bats, knights, ice spirit are all among the top for both us and the pros at the top of each respective ladder. The top win condition card is the same exact card on both sides, and that is 
Parada in Castreal being used 36% of the time at the top of the clans, and it is currently being used the most at the top of the ladder. Of course. The next section he's dubbed, okay, well, maybe a little bit different. <laughs> Fireball, Lava Hound, Archers, and Musketeer are all popular in our clans, but are not so much with the pros. The Lava Hound, the Archers, the Musketeer, and the Fireball are used very little by the pros because they use things like the Tornado, the Executioner, the Rocket, and things, of that, and things of that sort. <laughs> His next section is called, Hey man, don't nerf my Fireball. <laughs> I'm lo- I'm, I love the, the subtext is here. It's so great. He writes, The number two most popular card in our clan is the fireball and it checks in at 40% in the use rate which is 4% higher than the log the pros are not using that card so much which is what we just talked about they tend to lean more towards the rocket which sits at only 18% in our clan and like we said before the pros are using the rocket because I think we mentioned last week they love their loblins (laughs) yep which is a perfect segue into the next section which is called Love me my commons. In our clan, nine of the top 20 cards being used are common cards. Whereas with the pros, it's only six cards of the top 20. It's so much easier to level up commons as a casual player, which makes sense for our clans to have more commons being the top cards than call it rares or epics or legendaries. Most of us that are playing this game right now in Castle Royale or any other casual clan out there will never get a maxed out legendary or epic for that matter. And if you get one epic, you might be lucky, <laughs> right? Right. So it makes sense that we focus on what we can improve on, which is those common cards. I still don't have a maxed out epic. I don't either. I think my closest epic that I'm maxed out to is, is the, I think the P.E.K.K.A. and I'm like 25 away, which is like eight which is what like seven or so weeks of requesting them on Sundays. so i've got like two months before i even max that out <laughs> yeah that's crazy i think i think my i think my closest is probably the prince and that's not a bad card right all right so we've got three more subsections are you ready ready you're gonna love this one is it titled it's titled ready i'm ready love for larry yes Skeletons have a place in our hearts in Cast Royale, 16% use rates, but the pros have all but forgotten about our, our bony friend with use rates sitting at just under 4% or less every single week. Aw, womp womp. To that I say this, R.I.P. Rip, Larry. We miss you. Love and respect, bro. Boom. <laughs> Next section, no love for the expo or the fire spirits, mirror, heal clone sparky bomb tower tesla flying machine or any of that other stuff for that matter use rates are at zero a whopping zero percent for any of those guards in the clan in the entire clan the expo though although that's not very popular with the pros at the top top of the ladder it does make at least one appearance every week by the pros so we in casserole don't seem to use those cards but at least at least the expo is being used And we're saving the best for last. Are you ready? I can't even believe what this is going to say. Rob, I expected it to say nothing other than 
Long live the mortar. Ooh! Even with its humble use rates at 8% within the clan, the mortar still finds much, much, much more love in Cast Royale than it does at the top of the leaderboard, where its use rates are usually sitting at 0 to 4%. So, we believe in Cast Royale. Long live the mortar, baby. We will keep the mortar going. We will keep the skeletons and our boy Larry going. We'll keep it all going. You ever need a deck, just check out Cast Royale. You'll have it all. (laughs) (laughs) Woody would be proud. Oh, Woody would be so proud. But hey, man, that is the meta check. Devin, thank you so much for the big 5-0. This was a special treat. So much fun to see how we compare at, you know, in Cast Royale and our community to the leaders at the top of the global ladder. It's funny because we have so many similarities, yet so many incredible differences, and then a little bit of fun, you know, sprinkles of unique things in between. So this was really cool to see, and I couldn't be more happy that he took this approach this week. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, for that last meta check and every single meta check we get from you, Devin, it's, um, we, we, we can't really find the words to express how much we appreciate it. But once again, thank you and boom. Bada bada. Boom. Speaking of boom. Oh yeah. Are you ready for a boom it or move it? Boom it or move it. Let's do it. So Joe, do you want to explain? Because I explained like the last three times we did this, what it was. Boom It or Move It is an awesome new-ish segment where Rob and I go rapid fire for a very few amount of topics. And if we like the idea, we boom it. And if we don't like the idea, we move it. And we explain why. It was a beautiful set of cliff notes there. That's what I do, man. Beautiful things, cliff notes, and, and other stuff. Boom. Boom. So, number one, are you ready? I'm ready. As it is, the only ways to gain experience in this game is either through donations or card upgrades. There needs to be at least one more way to gain experience in this game. Boom it or move it. So, I'm a little torn with this one, okay? No! All right, let me just start with this. I'm going to boom it. Okay. Now, you would think that this would be an automatic boom, right? But... Right. I guess my problem is, is I'm going to say I boom it because I do think that there should be more than one way to get, you know, you know, there's like more than one way to eat a Reese's. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. There should be no wrong way to get experience in this game. And right now you only get two different options, one donations, one card upgrades. And, you know, I do think there should be different ways, but I don't know what those ways should be. Like, should it be you get a very, very small amount per win? Should it be that you get you know, experience for hosting tournaments for other people within communities? Should it be, I, I, I don't know what, like, what are the other ways to do it? Like if you win a friendly battle, you get one experience. What, what do you, what are you thinking here? What if it was now, I'm not limiting only to this, but what if it was randomly and rarely given out in certain chests the way that gems are? That would be so cool, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like randomly, you just opened up a crown chest, you got nothing, but you got 25 experience out of nowhere. Dude, that would be awesome. Like if if my chest, so you remember last episode, I had a frown chest. It was like the worst chest I could have ever possibly opened. Yes, and in that situation, they could have given you that and you would have been happy. But I got experience. <laughs> yeah, no, if I would have thought about that before, I would have automatically and only thought to boom this. So random, few and rare 
chests to give some additional little boost of, uh, of experience. Couldn't agree more. Boom. All right. I've got a next one for you. I hate the fact that I'm even saying this right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> okay? For your pleasure, Rob, the Royal GG, the Royal Grrr, needs a nerf. Boom it or move it? Boom it. Shocker. Why don't you tell me why, Rob? Oh, man. I think I think I just, honestly, dude, I think I just put this in here because and I as one of my clan members as my witness, they watched me play like eight to ten games in a row, all maxed out Royal Giants. All of them had maxed out Royal Giants. Did you hear me? Does it matter if I heard you? I feel like you're going to say it again. And regardless of if I heard you or not, you're going to say whatever you're going to say next anyway. So please continue. So, so you're right. Um, and I'll spare you from saying it again, but I just feel like the main counter for this card is an Inferno Tower. Also, Inferno Dragon. Then you could also throw on a Minion Horde on top of that, right? Maybe? Or the Skeleton Army. Those are four main cards. Four out of 70 plus cards that are not in everyone's deck. Um, and I, granted, I'm a little biased because I do play a mortar deck, but I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's one of the few cards in the game that is so beefy and so tanky and does so much damage and can reach a tower from so far away, it can easily get off one to three hits before it's successfully dealt with. And that, personally, is why I feel like it should be nerfed a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to go on the complete far end opposite side of the ball on this one. No! And I'm going to say that the Royal GG does not need a nerf. I don't know what Rob's talking about. I think he's just upset because he is a mortar player and can't defeat this thing. And I totally get that. But I think your judgment is just a little bit clouded here, man. I I, I think you're letting the, the maxed common get the better of you here and with that i will move it and i am sorry for how that might impact you that's that's, <laughs> that's okay uh you're entitled to your opinion that's fine uh but i do need a place to relieve all of this stress and i've chosen the podcast to do that and in the boom it or move it section nonetheless which is the perfect spot to do it thank you thank you thank you all right are you ready for the next one you ready to move on from this level 13 common shenanigan stuff yes are you ready for number three I'm ready. As of right now, the game and meta can feel stale at times. As such, there should be less time between new cards being released. Boom it or move it. Dude, I am going to boom, boom, triple, boom, penta, boom, quad, whatever put boom you want to put there. I'm booming this one. Why? Dude, with it, like... I just feel like, you know, in the past, Supercell Clash Royale has released four cards at a time in bulk, and it's, you know, here are the four cards, and then takes forever to actually release them, right? But I, what I think, I think that Supercell, you know, implemented a new way with this most recent update to actually release cards, so they don't have to do it in bulk anymore, and they can do one at a time. My issue is that if you go a month and a half before putting in one new card, the meta can just feel stale. Like introducing one new card that might not impact the meta at all or synergize super well with anything well enough to call it a quote-unquote meta card doesn't change decks. And if you're not changing decks, 
within three months, right? Because if a card comes out and doesn't impact the meta, you in theory have to wait another month and a half or so before the next one comes out, right? So that's in right. theory three months, right? Month and a half times two, three months before any sort of impact can happen to the meta. And oh, by the way, that's if the next card comes out and has an impact on the meta. As we've seen, not every single card winds up having an impact on the meta. Everyone thought the cannon cart would, and it didn't. The Mega Knight had a tremendous impact on the meta. You know, the flying machine is kind of irrelevant in all aspects of the game. Right. Right. So it's just like, you don't know when a card is going to or is not going to impact the meta. So to release them all so far apart from one another just makes the game feel super stale at times it didn't feel stale with the bats and the mega knight coming out but with the flying machine it's just and right now with the you know we'll see what happens with the skeleton barrel but it just seems like it's too stale for me there's not enough variety out there after you know two months of playing no i agree um and i would also boom this many many times um i like the space in between the groups of cards but i do not like the space in between each individual card so maybe like a more consistent schedule every two weeks there's a new card that comes out if we're looking at four cards yeah two every two three weeks or something like that where it's just something where people can look forward to it and like i said that way if you miss if you miss on a card and it doesn't impact the meta it's not two to three months before something changes <laughs> No, that's a good point. Um, can't argue with you there, that's for sure. All right, you ready for the last one? Yes. The game should have a basic, in other words, not complicated, talent tree for things like decreasing chest timers, increasing gold per match, increasing EXP, you know, when you upgrade or donations, etc. Boom it or move it. I love this idea. So this is a huge boom it for me. Tell me why. Dude, I just feel like in, you know, in, in classic RPG games, you get a talent tree that you use to upgrade your character. Now, we both know that if you had a talent tree of sorts in a game like this, it would become very unfair fairly quickly, right? We don't necessarily need things like, oh, upgrade this thing three times and increase the damage dealt by all of your troops or increase all of the hit points of all of your six elixir cards. Um, I feel like that's kind of not the right way to do it, but I do feel like working towards things with a talent tree could be kind of cool if it affected different aspects of the game. Like you said, chest timers. Man, dude, if I could decrease my chest timer by 3% on its highest upgrade, that would be amazing. And it wouldn't really change that much, but it would definitely feel a little bit better when I'm opening up a chest. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. And and get this, what if there was a talent tree option where you could spend a talent point and one of the things could be 25% chance you know, at, at max level to get an extra gem for winning a game. Ooh. Right, like not guaranteed, but just like you don't get the gem for opening a chest randomly, but just like you get like, a, even if it was like a 15% chance to get a small amount of gems for winning a game, like one or two in the ladder. How cool would that be? No, dude, that, that would be fantastic. And I, I also like the idea of increasing the amount of gold you get per match. And again, it doesn't have to be something that's like astronomical. It could just be like one to 3% more gold. That's really not a lot, but it's enough that when you start adding up your spare change, you start raking in some real dough. 
Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it incentivizes playing more often. Yes. So if you play less, it's not that much. If you play more, like you said, a little bit added up a lot of times winds up being a huge difference. And I think that these are the types of things that are very small, but go a long way for the casual or semi-casual players. Yep, and they could even tie it to your uh, King Tower experience, like your player experience. That's really where it would be tied to. Right, like you get 13 total levels, you get 13 total talents. And, you know, you can choose between a couple to level up, but you can't level them all up, so you choose which ones you want to level up. And, you know, how best you feel would benefit you. And as always, you could reset it if you'd like. For a small fee, of course. Right. First one will be free. Second one will cost 10,000 gold. Boom. <laughs> so that's it, man. Boom it or move it. Another success for the big five. Oh. I'm a boom that. But we got something else. Are you ready to open up some chests? Some chests. I'm ready. Good. What do you got? Uh, I have two chests. I have a clan chest and a big dog. Ooh, I have three chests, a clan, a crown, and a big dog. And I absolutely hate when this happens. <laughs> I I know you do, but honestly, I'm so excited that it happened on our 50th episode. I bet. I bet you're so excited that, like, you know, you just, you, you know, I guess Murphy's Law trumps the little brother never leads law. Uh, and yep. it's just not okay. It's well, it is right now. It's, I'm fine with it. I totally am with Murphy and his law. <laughs> I bet you are. All right, <laughs> you want to do you want to do my crown or clan first? Dealer's choice. All right, you have a clan, right? I have a clan. All right, so I'll do my crown first. Then we'll do clans. Then the big dogs. Here we go. Crown chest. Six hundred and two gold. Three gems. All right, all right. One flying machine. Ugh. 33 Tesla Towers. Could be good in the upcoming touchdown. 41 Skeleton Barrels. Wait, wait. The new card. The new card. 41 of them. I'm sorry, I just don't register the word skeleton and barrel together yet. So when I hear it, I'm like, wait. Why is he so excited about goblin barrels? Well, 41 goblin barrels would be amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Right. But I mean, even then, I didn't think 41 at that point. Right. You just heard one because you were like, it can't be that much. <laughs> I heard skeleton and then just barrel. Right. Right. Two separate cards. <laughs> right. And seven, three musketeers. So that wasn't... Dude, imagine if we get two legendaries on the big 5-0. Oh, people think we planned that. I really hope that that happens, but I hope it doesn't happen for that sake. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't want to shut the podcast down on episode 50. But it'd be, it'd, that'd be a good note to end on, though. So is it my turn now? Yeah, it's your turn. I think you're on a clan chest, dude. Let's go. I do. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to open this cl- this chest for a while. Are you ready? I'm ready. Level 10 clan chest, here we go. Let's go. 1,620 gold. Four fireballs. Seven ice golems. Seven flying machines. Crying machine. That's so sad. Crying machine. Nine musketeers. 
Okay. 91 cannons. Mm-hmm. Touchdown, baby. Let's go. 150 skeleton barrels. Oh, dude. Can you register that? <laughs> well, when I when I see the visual in front of me, yeah, of course I can register. When I don't see it, I have a hard time putting the two together. Fine. All right, and my last card. Not a legendary, but two lightnings. That was a pretty good chest, minus the uh, crying machine. Boom. Totally agree. All right, my turn, clan chest. It is your turn. All right, 10 of 10 clan chest. Here we go. 1,620 gold. Three battle rams. Okay. Eight dart goblins. Interesting. 65 regular barbarians. Ooh. 77 skeleton barrels. I think we've gotten like 400 of these so far. What's happening right now? You're also getting like double digits of the same number. 55, 77... 98. Oh, I thought you were going to say 99. I was not 99. Arrows. Dude, mortar mauler, baby. This is the card I needed. Someone heard you, man. Someone. The Clash Royale gods have spoken. They've heard my prayers. (laughs) Someone from the Supercell cloud. I now just need 400 more to level this bad boy up. And then, of course, I get 16 bomb towers. (laughs) They're like, slow your roll there, Joe. Don't get too excited. We'll show you. (laughs) That's right. And then my last card, three freeze spells. So that wasn't too bad. I'm really loving the arrows there. So can't complain, that's for sure. So are you ready for my big dog? What's the big dog? I have a magical chest. Oh, dude, nice. I know. I'm really excited, and I really hope it's not a letdown. If it were a super magical, I would be, like, off the wall right now. But we'll see. Yo, you want to know what's funny? You remember the other day when we opened up the magical and it just wasn't so good? And we were just like, it's it's a not-so-magical chest? Remember how we were, like, renaming everything? Yep. Someone in the Discord was like, Joe, why didn't you just call it a tragical chest? I was like, oh, oh dude. Hopefully you don't get a tragical chest, but now if we do get one, we have a frown chest, a tragical chest. <laughs> we'll get them all. In the words of Michael Scott, hindsight is twenty twenty. We should have had hindsight. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. That is so true, but yet so incredibly wrong at the same time, but I'm with you. Good. Are you ready? I am ready. Magical chest, here we go. 1,200 gold. And in case anybody was keeping math, now I'm like about a thousand away from 100,000. Boom. Ooh-hoo. Two rockets. Mortar Muller. 35 bombers. Mm. <sighs> that's like That's like nails on a chalkboard. I mean, it's all right if you like use it with the right deck, but not me and not so much. Right. Five crying machines. So far, this is the most tragical of tragical chests I could have asked for. Yeah, this is a this is a fitting chest. Maybe it's gonna be a uh, maybe it's gonna be a strong finish. Sixty skeleton barrels. Okay, so we're at about five hundred now. Right. 
Okay. I don't know what this means in terms of like ratios, but one guard. <laughs> one total guard. Singular guard. 17 mini Pekkas. Dude, that's good. That's a good card. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, no legendary, unfortunately. No. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three balloons, because it heard me talking about how much I don't like the balloon a half hour before we started actually recording this thing. I'm still upset that you didn't get a legendary. I mean, I'm really upset that I didn't get one, but I'm excited that uh, we don't have to shut the podcast down. That's right. Ready for Joe to finish it up. <laughs> right. All right. I've got a big dog. It is a giant chest. So here we go. 860 gold. Eight crying machines. So I guess they heard you get the crying machines and then I get eight more crying machines. Great. Of course, of course. 11 elixir pumps. Oh, 230 skeleton barrels. Ooh, Let's we're like go, like baby. 700 and something? Woo. Yeah. We're we're living large here. Oh, okay, and then a quick slap in the face. 38 bomb towers. Thanks, Supercell. <laughs> so, no legendary for either of us. Wow. And that that was a little that was a terrible way to end a uh, a giant chest. So, <laughs> not sure how I feel about this chest opening section, man. I mean, I thought overall the chest openings were okay. At best, though. Is that what you thought? I mean, I I wish we got better cards. Murphy's Law, man. Took over. Murphy's Law did not, uh, did not help us out there. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to something a little bit more exciting. Are you ready for our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. And this deck is titled Hogwarts, because your opponents will think that you're a wizard after you beat them. You're a wizard, Harry. Exactly. And it has an average elixir cost of 3.0. And it contains the Hog Rider, the Mini Pekka, Bats, Ice Spirit, Log, the Princess, Ice Golem, and the Rocket. So Joe, teach me some magic with this deck. Dude, so this deck is super, super awesome. We dubbed the deck Hogwarts because it features the Hog Rider. And man, I gotta tell you, at 3.0 average elixir cost, and oh, by the way, that's with a rocket in the deck, this deck is the ultimate hog cycle deck. It has the Hog Rider and the Mini Pekka, which are amazing on offense. The Mini Pekka serves great and tremendous value on defense as well. The Bats, the Ice Spirit, the Log, the Princess, and the Ice Golem are all to be used on the defensive side of the map, which means that you have cheap costs for anything that your opponent throws at you. The key with this deck is distracting. And by distracting, I mean using your Ice Golem to distract the threats while your smaller troops, like your bats, or your tower, or your princess, can get good damage in without suffering damage. Ultimately, all of these troops are killed very easily, right? But, 
if you use your Ice Golem, which for two cost has probably one of the most healths in the game as a tank, it is super tremendous value to have in your deck. So if you can distract appropriately with this card, you'd be surprised at how much additional value, one, your troops can get, but two, those cheap troops allow you to cycle. So you'll always find yourself getting back to the Hog Rider. The cool thing about the deck is that while those cards that I was mentioning before are mostly used on defense, they can also be used to facilitate the Hog Rider's push. With that, you can Hog Push with the Ice Golem, where you put the Ice Golem in front of the Hog Rider to kind of tank for it and protect it. Also, you can Hog Push with the Ice Spirit, which will freeze everything that kind of is dealing damage to the Hog Rider and keep it alive for an extra second. You can also facilitate the offensive push with the Hog Rider with your Log. You want to stay away from as much as possible the rocket hog rider push because one, that is a 10 elixir cost commitment and two, the only true way that you'll get value out of that is if you can properly predict where your opponent is placing things and if you predict wrong, it can be pretty tough to come back from. You'd be in the hole. You'd be in the hole. You might say you might find yourself in Slytherin and not Gryffindor. One of the greatest wizards I ever knew came from Slytherin. <laughs> We are full of movie movie quotes and puns today. All right, <laughs> moving on. My biggest recommendation with this deck is to not play the Hog Rider too soon. At first, you want to develop the offensive push by cycling your cards until you have your Hog Rider, but you want to get your princess out on the map. And then you want to maybe throw out the Ice Golem in the middle to just distract and offer some protection for your towers. The princess should be played behind the King Tower if you're developing an offensive push. The only time that you would ever play the princess at the front of your towers, i.e. by the river so that it can attack your opponent's archer tower, is only, 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 only if one, you are trying to get your opponent to put cards at the river themselves. And the best time to do this is when your opponents are playing beatdown style decks, where ultimately they need their cards behind their tanks in order for them to be effective. If you drop your princess at the front of the river, then they have to waste one of their damage-dealing troops at the front of the river in order to counter that, i.e. they lose a card behind their big tank. That's one reason. Right. The second reason is if it's towards the end of the game and you're just trying to get some extra damage onto the opponent's tower so that instead of this thing being a hog cycle deck... At the end of the game, it can become a rocket cycle deck, and you can throw the Hail Marys out and win the game. The cool thing about this deck, like I just said, is that it can be a hog rider cycle deck, it can be a rocket cycle deck, and oh, by the way, it can also be a very, very annoying defense, slow, pushback, and freeze deck. <laughs> because you have the Ice Spirit, which freezes, the Ice Golem, which tanks and slows, the log that pushes back and the princess and bats to help clean it all up. So this deck is super versatile. I would say that in terms of deck type, it is more on the control side, but it is very high skill cap, very high risk, high reward. If you play the cards wrong, you pretty much have no shot to win with the deck. But once you play you know, a handful of games and you start to see how these cards interact and synergize with one another and what role they really have in the deck and what purpose they serve, it can be super versatile and almost overwhelming for your opponent to deal with because it has so many different answers for everything you could possibly imagine it for. And with that, boom. I feel like it's one of those decks that 
is a huge quick smack in the face without a rage spell or a lumberjack. Yeah, man, that that's a great way to look at it. You know what I would I would call this deck the modern day version of the 2.6 hog cycle musketeer deck. The difference is that this deck features a rocket instead of a fireball, and this deck does not feature a cannon or a Tesla like the other, you know, a building type card that would kind of facilitate pulling in troops. Or a musketeer. Right. But the musketeer is replaced with the princess and the rocket replaces the fireball. So, the, you know, similar types of feels, but different at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, love the deck. Uh, definitely can't wait to try it. And of course, Hogwarts, baby. My home. I'm all over it. Boom. Boom. Nice deck spotlight. And now we have an overload of iTunes reviews because this is what we get for using a system that stopped working for a month. Yeah. I don't know how many we got over the course of four weeks, but I assume we got some. I'll tell you. Are you ready? I am ready. We got 23. Ooh, boom, dude. 23. So we're going to actually read out two this time around, and then we're going to shout out the rest. So the first one comes from PC Meets Apple. It's already my favorite review name thus far. Yep. (laughs) Uh, From the US, and they write, Informative and fun. I played Clash Royale at launch, but fell off after a few months. Then I saw a father and son playing 2v2 last summer and immediately re-downloaded the game. So much had changed since I last played that I didn't know up from down. I looked for a resource and you were the first and best option I found. I love your chemistry as brothers because my best twos partner is mine. Keep up the good work. P.S. I just started a clan called Hypnothighs and would love... To fill out the last nine spots with people from the community. PPS. Bada bada boom. Bada bada boom. PC meets Apple. Thank you so, so much for the kind words. Dude, how awesome is it that he took some time off from the game? Saw father-son duo playing 2v2s. And I mean, we love 2v2s, so we can definitely relate. But his 2v2 partner is his brother. How much can we relate to that? Oh, I know. I know. I think I just love that he took a break and came back and needed help getting back into the game and somehow stumbled across us. No, I know. I, I, I couldn't agree more. But however it wound up happening, PC Meets Apple, we're so happy that you found our podcast and are a part of our community. And don't forget, everyone, his clan is Thighs, all one word. He's looking for nine more members of our awesome community. So if you're looking for a clan, be sure to check out Thighs again, all one word. Be sure to tell him in the invite that you came from here. Bada bada. Boom. Boom. Also, PC meets Apple. Uh, Join our Discord because then you can post this in our uh, clan recruit channel. So you probably fill it up a lot quicker. All right. You ready for the next one, dude? I am ready. All right. So this one comes to us from Tac Tac from France. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. (laughs) (laughs) And they write, from France with love. I'm sharing the game also with my little brother, and I wish we had the complicity Rob and Joe demonstrate on each podcast. Their inside jokes between the booms are always ending in laughter, and they always give us some insightful advice. Also, thank you guys for being as you are, casually professional podcasters. You made me love the game even more. Boom. Dude, you want to talk about a you want to talk about a review that hits you right in the right in the emotional, you know, heart there. 
Man, I was almost getting a little teary-eyed reading that. I know. Dude, Tac Tac, seriously, though, thank you so much for leaving us this review. We really appreciate it. And we also really, really, really love the fact that you are playing this game with your little brother. Uh, I can tell you from a year and a half ago, this was something that has always been something that I've wanted to do, and I could not think of a better person to do it with. So I got Joe, and you got your little brother, and together we are all clashing and that's really all that matters having a good time dude i don't even know what to say other than bada boom man i could you're you're saying you couldn't think of a better host i couldn't think of a better co-host than you man it's it's just it's so funny to think about like a year and a half ago it was just a year and a half ago where you were like hey joe question for you there's a new game that just got launched out and um i was wondering if you want to start a podcast on it i was like um so what's a podcast and uh and what game (laughs) and you're like you're like well you remember uh clash of clans well it's kind of like that you'll love it (laughs) it was like all right well (laughs) i was trying to think of the simplest way i could get you hooked yeah well you got me dude i mean like you said i think we said this at the very beginning of the episode we couldn't be happier with the way things have turned out for the community but even more so, man, it's just so awesome being able to talk to you every single week, every single day about something that we're both passionate about, that we both love. And it just allows us to communicate all the time. And it's just, you know, it's little things like this that I think a lot of people take for granted. And I think I get caught up in that too with this podcast. Like I take it for granted how much it means to us and how awesome it is that we can do it together. And so, you know, Tac Tac from France, thank you so much for bringing this out because it truly, truly, truly means a lot to the, to the both of us. Bada bada, boom. Gonna make me cry. That's what I'm here for. I've got the, I've got the funny emotion. I've got the cry emotion. You, you, can, you can just call me like the, I'm like that emoticon keyboard. Whatever you need, just let me know. I've got it. Joe's a mojo. I'm a mojo. Right? You're, you're Emojo. I'm Emojo. Whatever you need, yeah. I've got it. I can make you That's angry it. by throwing a royal giant out. I can <laughs> I can make you happy by making fun of myself or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're, we're, we always get there, even though we don't know the journey to the final destination. That was a movie, I think, a couple times. It was. There were like six of them or something. Yeah. Then they got old, because you always knew that mm. the person was going to die, so... Exactly. So, anyway, I don't so know. At that point, we, they're not fun anymore. How do we, you never know this journey that we could talk about? It just you never know where it's going to take us. Well, <laughs> like I said, in, you know, we never know how to get there. We just know where we're going. Right. I think I'm so confused that I'm that I'm <laughs> that I'm just saying okay to move on. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, so that's appropriate because I want to shout out the rest of the fine, lovely people. Uh, that left us iTunes reviews. So quick reminder, if you're from the U.S., we usually don't say that. We only say it if you're from another country. It's assumed that you are from the U.S. So first up, Leo Mattis from Mexico, Tim1015, Gotti Mafia, Possum716, Red Bull Carrots from Australia, Australia, Piano Brothers, Fred Zack from the Netherlands, Ninja Relish, Ducky Dude, Silver Cyclops, Fiku. Sounds like a sound effect. Fiku. I love it. Azek 86, Ya Boy Boom, Mr. Gabe D, Mr. Stickler, New Zealand Bear, 
me, 238T, Bliss from Australia, Brian Tejeda from the Dominican Republic, Dr. Taco, Odium, and last but not least, Hazard Stark from the United Kingdom. Hazard Stark from the United Kingdom. Do you think that this guy is related to the Starks from Game of Thrones? Possible? He might be. He might be. I think he is, actually. You think so, right? Like, you think that this could be the new King of the North? I mean, if we're being very specific right now, the Hazard Stark would be Jon Snow, right? Ah. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. I see where you're going with this one. <laughs> very good, sir. Thank you. That's all I got. Yeah, I say no more. Anyway, thank you all lovingly. We really appreciate you guys leaving, uh, these beautiful reviews, we, we really can't express how much it means to us. Uh, plus, like we say every single episode, it's the number one way you guys can help us reach more people because it helps us rise up in the infamous iTunes ranks. So the more reviews, the higher we show up in search results. Boom. Boom. And we got no patrons this week, but that's okay. You can learn about all the different ways that you can support us by going to castrayalpodcast.com slash support. That's right. And dude, before we wrap this bad boy up, I can speak for the both of us when I say that we hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving with their friends and family and enjoyed the holiday weekend. By the time this episode gets released, it would have been after the holiday. So I hope everyone got to eat so much turkey and mashed potatoes until they were full and fell asleep. That's the ultimate goal of Thanksgiving. How much food can you possibly eat before you pass out? That's the goal. Right. No, I agree. And I hope everyone is so lethargic that all they can do is listen to podcasts. Double boom. Uh-huh. Uh, so I really don't have anything else. I can't believe we're wrapping up episode 50. I'm so excited. Now we get to move on to a new chapter where Joe says the intro of the show and Rob says the outro. Yeah, that's not going to happen, dude. <laughs> nah, it's not. Definitely not. I mean, um, by law... Little Brother Never Leads, so I can't possibly start the show, because that, just by definition, would be wrong. Is that like Murphy's Law? No. See, Murphy's Law took over the first 50 episodes. It's gone now. Fair. Totally gone. I could appreciate that. Um, So, like we say at the end of every episode, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at feedback at castrayalpodcast.com. If you would like to join one of our clans, you can look for a spot. We refresh every Saturday night into Sunday. Uh, Just be sure that you write the word podcast in your invitation. If you would like to get a head start on the invitations, join our Discord. It's at castrailpodcast.com slash Discord. And we always tell our Discord members first about open spots. That's right. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at podcastroyale. Boom. I think that's it. We did it, dude. I don't know how. We did it, though. I know. But like... We can't officially close it without you saying your wonderful line, especially for episode 50. Oh, I got you. Rob, I'm going to give you a final episode 50 deluxe. Are you ready? I'm ready. Episode 50 in the books! Boom, and that's how you do it. We will see you next time. Happy holidays. See you soon. Love you guys. What? That's not how we end an episode, Rob. Okay, until next time, get ready for another Hodgepodge of everything! Hodgepodge of everything! Boom! Boom. Bye. Bye.